This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Ward, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Yes, it was a week ago, we, or a year ago, rather, we said goodbye to Russell Wilson. With the 75th pick in the 2012 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Russell Wilson, quarterback, Wisconsin. How do I... Right, it was sad. He's impressed everybody with his work ethic, and it's just way beyond his years. And Wilson, five times, stands strong, throws deep down the middle, got a man out there, Sidney Rice, touchdown, Seahawks! The good time. I got so excited for the next opportunity next year. We have a great football team. Our quarterback is, is a bad man. Pete and those guys are geniuses. I'm very confident. I'm just going to study and see what I could have done better and just grow from that. Russell finds a way to get us in position to win again. Fourth and seven. Every play throws it for the end zone. Deep down the back of the end zone. It is caught for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? It's so hard. Terrific football player and a great leader. He never thought for a second that we weren't going to win this football game. The Seahawks are NFC champions. We're going to the Super Bowl. This place is unbelievable. I love Seattle. I love my teammates, my coaching staff. And Touchdown, Seahawks. They are blowing the roof on this place in New Jersey. To be they're bringing the trophy home. Super Bowl champion. Became very quickly. Let's ride, Rock. and then it okay went off the rails. Yeah, a lot, see. Of mem- a lot of memories. A lot of memories. A lot of being very sad. A lot of memories of you and me. You driving. Me calling you when they drafted Russell Wilson, mm. you with your dad fist mm. pumping and all that. Mm. But uh, it all came to an end a year ago. And as it turns out, Brock, you said on that day that you knew it was a big day. You weren't sure yet whether or not it was going to be a good day for the Seahawks. It is, sheesh, a ton to absorb. I thought maybe sleeping on it after March 8th and all of the moves made yesterday and everything. I, I just feel a sense of peace. But I got to tell you, just the more I read and the more I dig into it, you just kind of keep unwinding this and unwinding this and unwinding this. And I don't know if it's a good day. Yeah, I can't say it's a a good day. I also can't say it's a bad day. Um, I think it's a it's a meaningful day. And I think yesterday was one of the most impactful days in Seattle sports history. A year later, would you revise that statement? A year later, I would say it was a good day. It was a bold move. It was a risk that you have to take in professional sports, but I do think it was one of the most impactful. I'll stand by that. It certainly was impactful, but I think I would go back now a year later and say, no, it was a great day. It was the most important thing Mm. the Seahawks could have done. Since then, Russell Wilson fell off the cliff. It was a disaster. Mm-hmm. We were playing all of his gaffes, a 21 gaff salute. And by the way, he's made worse ones since. I mean, Brock, it was a train wreck for him. And we exposed. How about it was the right day? Well, it certainly was that. It was the but, right day and the right decision. Well, but it, for the Seahawks and for their fans, it turned out to be a great day. Mm-hmm. And we learned a lot that day. Maybe we didn't, or over the course of the next year. Maybe we didn't want to learn all of it. Maybe we didn't want to find out everything that was going on behind the scenes. But I think we learned a lot about Pete Carroll 
And we learned a lot about John Schneider. We learned a lot about Russell Wilson and his camp. I think we learned about what would have been really going on here because of what happened afterwards. So at the very least, it started off a year of education. And because of that, I asked Pete Carroll yesterday what he learned in the year since Russ had been dealt. Well, um, that sometimes you've got to make tough decisions and you've got to go for it. And you got to, you know, that, that just reemphasized to me that sometimes you got to just say what the heck and go, you know, and, and uh, um, with really a good commitment of people and connection with the people that have to, you know, and bring in the input for those decisions, you can, you can make good, solid choices. And, and, uh, and it, it worked, you know, we, we, it worked out tremendously for us. And, and we're, that's why we're sitting in the position for this draft. And we have a, some funds to work free agency because of it. And, and we're excited about it, too. We've had a great deal of excitement about this whole thing that's taking place. And so we're looking ahead. And, and, and we didn't have to rebuild to do that. And, and I know that it may have, I, I didn't convince a lot of people of that. <laughs> I kept telling them, but we didn't have to do that mode, you know, and, and uh, we, we were able to go for it and, and uh, didn't quite get it, but uh, we were close. Tough decisions. You got to make tough decisions. I had somebody after the show yesterday where I think at the end of the show talking about, you know, the camp casualties and all these struggles that the Rams are in and others are in, and they're like, well, the 49ers are next. Well, I don't know. I mean, the 49ers, John Lynch, Shanahan made some tough decisions, moved on from uh, DeForest Buckner before they had to pay him, right? I mean, you just have to move on from some of your stars. It's what Bill Belichick did very well for a decade and a half, right? Moved on from elite players because he knew that you just can't pay them all. And you've got to continue to to reload and reload and reload. And as much as we loved having our stars stay here, having Richard and Earl and Cam and Bobby and KJ and Marshawn and Doug and Russell, we knew it, it was at the cost of pieces at the line of scrimmage that, that ultimately were a sieve on that offensive line. And ultimately, then all those guys relationally <laughs> had a hard time sharing a credit pie. And, you know, those are the things that Pete also said yesterday. Man, I never had to deal with that. He, didn't even, he said five years at SC. Most of his guys were three, especially as they got rolling. You know, they were out of there in their junior year and onto the NFL. So it just kind of turned over naturally versus this from a management standpoint. In some ways, right, didn't Pete become baseball manager as much as a head coach? Having to manage and juggle all those relationships mm. because those guys were around, had a lot of money on big guaranteed deals, and it was like, okay, how am I going to be Scott Service in this case and, and try to manage this thing and deal with this thing that behind the scenes? He had a lot of crazy personalities. <laughs> yes, he did. Right? Yes, yes, he did. And I think he did overall a pretty magnificent job of balancing those things. This organization has oh. continually been a playoff contender, even in a quote-unquote rebuild. They have not put themselves in the positions that others have fiscally and now really do, as we talked about yesterday, Mike. You know, every year we say, oh, this is the biggest offseason. Oh, this is the biggest offseason. Oh, but this is the, the first offseason where you have both cap space and draft capital. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, you had cap space and you went volume and you took a lot of a lot of just, you know, not league average, but certainly not dominant difference making game records and thought, yeah. well, with volume, we're going to do this. I don't know. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, what, what I get out of Pete there and, and the whole idea of, you know, what he would have done differently is that he would have moved on from people earlier. Yep. And 100%. he goes on to say, right, I was coming out of college, right, and that was new for me. All of that. 
and not so much to keep people around, it's to keep them going at their best, to find the way to keep them at the top of their game. So maybe it's moving on from them. Maybe it's finding different ways to motivate them once they get to that point. And I don't know whether you can do that or not. You know the one that I would just read into that probably way too much and unfairly, and he'd probably say, yeah, you're kind of wrong on that one. That's not what I meant. He was he was in that dialogue yesterday, and, you know, we had some opportunities. It was Josh Allen. Was Josh? I, had they, that was the to, that was the time they could have moved on from Russ yeah, and done it. That they had Mahomes and Mahomes. See, ultimate. It's funny. I don't just read that about Russ. I mean, I do. I, I, I agree with you, and maybe it was some of that. But I think it's also you know, look, we decided as you just said, they kept everybody. Yep. And in retrospect, they probably needed to figure out how to have some transitions yep. so that they couldn't keep everybody. And I asked specifically about building around Russ. No, I know I some, but I strategically accommodate a lot of players. We I was doing that the whole time, <laughs> and this was a very uh, worthwhile effort to be made because these guys deserved it. They deserved the treatment. They deserved the the mentality and the way we dealt with stuff. Um, to keep them at their best. Now, that might mean trading for Jimmy Graham and some of the other things yep. they decided to do. Yep. But it is interesting. The first time I've really heard Pete take, I don't want to say responsibility, but look back on those years and say that they could have done them differently. Mm-hmm. No, and, and I think that's fair. Strategically, and, yep. personnel-wise, roster-wise, yep. and yeah, Russell Wilson-wise. And you know what? It would have likely cost them playoff runs or, or playoffs. It would have likely cost them have. a playoff or two, and yeah. and maybe a seven and nine season back when there were sixteen games. But you know what? We could replenish a little bit more, and we could get a few different difference makers, and we could spread some of that around. Other than just you know year after year being a playoff, they were. I mean that that's twelve years. That's what they were. They're playoff contender. But how many of those were they a legitimate Super Bowl contender? You and I knew it. That there were a bunch of those years that they just didn't. No, they have. were good, but yep. they weren't great. They weren't and, great. and you even hear Pete say in one of the clips I just played that hey, he wasn't capable of convincing everybody that they weren't going to uh, rebuild. Pete won't do that. As mm-hmm. I said earlier, that is anathema to Pete. He will not do that. But that may have cost him. It may have in the past cost them, and hopefully because of the Russell Wilson deal and because of all the draft picks they were able to add because of it, he's going to be able to have his cake and eat it too mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, you don't want to be back in this same situation a few years from now saying if only we had gone forward in a different way, if only we had been willing to step back in order to get to the promised land. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Biggest thing you need to know is that Brock is a menace to society. Geno Smith is here for the next couple of years. I can't even tell you. I just. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll, I'll ask the radio people. I'll ask the text toy. I don't care. Sure. All right. I'm sort of an answer yep. the question jerk style question. It is. Uh, we learned a lot with Pete yesterday, but nothing bigger than the fact that they are not precluded from doing anything they want in the draft, including finding a quarterback. That uh, that opportunity is absolutely there. We can do okay. whatever we need to do. You know, and, and uh, um, which is a whole nother, you know, discussion of what's really exciting. And, you know, the coaches are working at it and the scouts are working at it to try to position this thing. When there's only, you're at five, this is different than we're used to seeing. You know, this is really fun to, you can pretty much predict what, what's going to happen with, you know, four different choices, you know. So which one is it? And, and uh, so um, it's, 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 we're alive on all, you know, and, and all guns are blazing. Real life, they're considering somebody at five mm-hmm. to play quarterback? Or they want everyone to think they are considering a quarterback yeah. at five. Gosh, in every one of these drafts, if you just go back and you just look year by year, they're all so different. 
they all have their different strengths and weaknesses. You know, you, you played some sound earlier where you're starting to hear Mel Kuyper talk about this draft being the Manning and Roethlisberger and Rivers year. We're back to back to back. You have these QBs go. And, and then, you know, you bring somebody on like Matt Stinchcomb that calls games in the SEC, that, that's in these buildings, that watches these guys play. And he's like, there is no way Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are a franchise quarterback that you take at number five. So, yep, this clay is going to be molded in many different ways. There's going to be some leveraging. There's probably going to be a little bit of lying, and it's all going to build up to about six weeks from now on draft day. Here's the second thing you need to know. Here come the fast feet of Brandon Tanev. Tanev. Yeah, it was a good night for the Kraken. They ended up winning 5-2 over an Anaheim team that's not very good, but has played a little bit better recently. I was happy to see Sprong get on the goal sheet there and get him going again. He just brings so much fourth line offense. He's not a perfect player, and that's why he's been sort of in and out of the lineup when they have extra players, but... I'll tell you, he he does bring just a little bit of instant offense. And listening to the conversation on the ESPN Plus broadcast last night, you do hear that that's just sort of their remedy for what ails them. I, I think it's very well put. They don't score enough on the power play. They're not good enough on the penalty kill. They don't get top quality goaltending. And generally, those are three hallmarks of, of good postseason teams. But they have enough depth that they just seem to keep yep. scoring their way out of every problem. And they certainly have enough resilience and grit because just when they get knocked over and just when you think they're on fumes, they bounce back and win five games in a row as they have. Hey, heading into this season, if I would have asked you a similar question I said about the Mariners yesterday about batting average, if I would have asked you before the season who's going to be the leading goal scorer for the Kraken, would McCann been at the top of the list? Yes. He would have been. Well, was their leading goal scorer last year? Well, he's certainly delivering again this 31 year. 31 goals so far in the season. Yeah, he would have been my answer. And he's that's what he does. He finds ways to put the puck in the net. Do I think I would have had Daniel Sprong with 16? No, I don't know that I would have guessed that necessarily. That's been a what Bjorkstrand, Tolvin, and some Gosh, of those you guys know your have hockey done. hockey name so well. I just tee you up and you just go. I watch the games every time they're on. I really enjoy watching hockey. Here's the third thing you need to know. We got Geeky and we got Gord and and we can keep this thing going. York Strand. I I do know the roster of players that are on the Kraken. Very well. Well, I watch the games. I enjoy hockey. I'm a hockey fan. Jets officials are in California to visit. What's that guy's name? Aaron Rogers. Yes, that is. Favre. Favre. That's his earth name. Oh, the Packers gave uh, gave them permission to go talk. The Packers just want him gone. I just couldn't stop thinking about that story of Aaron Rodgers making the Packers coaches wait outside his locked gate while he was meeting with his yogi. It's just like, yeah. is that what he did to the Jets guys when they come to visit? Because you know what I'd say if I were them? I'm out. I mean, I want you to be the quarterback, but I don't need to. Some Whoever it was, like, I'm out, man. Like, yep. if you rather do that than meet with me. You're not my quarterback. And so, I don't know, they'll probably kowtow to him. And he'll probably be a Jet because he'll be a big name in New York, and that's what sells, especially for the Jets. But, ugh. And you know those guys down the road on Park Avenue in the New York in the NFL offices are like, yes, yeah, yeah, for this. Every single day, this is going to be must-see TV, must-see headlines, the New York Post, and everybody else in between. And it just, the Green Bay's just done. 
Three minutes done. They're done. I got a little of that sound from looking at Rogers last year. Oh, yeah, play me that. I love that. Oh, I should turn my computer on. That might help. Mm-hmm. I mean, the members of the coaching staff came out to the house one night. It was That was an amazing story. Uh, we had a good time together, but they, they basically... Uh, and they basically tailgated on the on the one, on the PCH, sorry, or PCH, uh, waiting for me to get back to the house because I was at dinner with, uh, you know, a couple Buddhist friends of mine that I told them was a priority and I was not going to miss this dinner. So they waited around the house for me. <laughs> I was getting texts from my security guy like, hey, there's random people uh, outside oh. your house. Oh. Like, uh, what does it look like? I can't that listen looks like, like, it. It's, it's worse than listening like, to Blue of Earth. Yeah. That the fact that the most amazing thing about that story is not that it happened; it's that he tells it proudly, yeah. as if it's just a straight comedy and not something that makes him look like a complete jerk. Well, and then they extended him. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know whose tone tenor guy or PR yeah. guy is worse. Russ's no, or Russ's? Russ. Russ's. It's not close. <laughs> It's Russ. Well, Read the room got guy. to Russ because all the videos the last two weeks and pictures on his uh, Twitter are just his kids. Family and kids. <laughs> Someone Reconnect. got to him and was like, post the cute kids. Reconnect. <laughs> Get away from you. Or the pictures of your new ripped shredded body because he's lost about 20 pounds. Mm. All right, there you go. That's everything you need to know. Uh, we do that quarter past every hour here on the new Brock and Salt So show. answer the question, Jerk, right? It's it's what the show in some ways was oh, built no. on. It's what the show loved to do. You're going to so, do it? You sure. I don't oh. care. It's just an answer the question, Jerk. So for the men out there that, you know, are in a public <laughs> urinal situation, called it SeaTac later today or called it a sporting event, oh. and you're there using the urinal, do you hold in the toot? <laughs> like, if you know that you've got a release, do you do you hold in or do you let go of the release valve saying The worst part about this is that you walked into the room and break right. and said, I have a... Permission to ask a personal question. We right. said to who? To the room. To the room. But probably more to the men. Right. Probably. Followed probably. immediately by when you're I've standing never, in a I've urinal. I've never been in a urinal, bro. <laughs> you want to use a urinal? Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be inclusive, I guess. So <laughs> nice but, of you. Yeah. But I'm just curious. Do you, do uh, Salt, do you, do you purposely clench? No. Or do you release valve? No. You're good. I'm in the bathroom. It's a safe space. All right. Do whatever I want in there. Justin? I'm not answering this question. Yes, well, you are. Does it answer the question, question, jerk? That's what we do. I'll get criticism from Heather sometimes. She's like, hey, I'm in here. I'm like, well, I'm in the bathroom. Right. This is, if if you can't do that in here, where can you do that? 10 years ago, I used to clench. I'm considering that. Now, I wouldn't even think about that anymore. Now, I'm the same way with you. Like, it's fair game. In the bathroom? I'm not out, you know, here in the studio letting loose and crop dusting. Okay. But you're in the bathroom, (laughs) for God's sake. So if I'm in the bathroom doing, gelling up my hair before the show. Dude, the world's your oyster. It's fair game. Fair game. Fair game. Fair game. You're in the bathroom. Once once again. It's quite literally what the bathroom is for. You and I on the same page yeah, once again. 100%. Good. Very easy answer, by the way. So glad we cleared that up for yeah. the audience. Cleared it up. Well played. Oh, my God. Well, well played, Mora. <laughs> Poor Mora. All right, coming up next, uh, we will go around the NFL. We'll let Mora talk for a little while rather yep. than have to listen to your insanity. <laughs> and then uh, we'll make Mora mad by doing some ranked. After she's happy, she'll be mad. And, you know, we'll go on with the rest of our day. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, SeattleSports.com. And, yes, this hour brought to you by 3010 Weight Loss for Life. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, Brock, you've certainly distracted everybody and sent everyone down a bit of a weird rabbit hole today. But uh, what I do. It's okay. We'll try to rein things back in. We <laughs> brought will, me a coffee, so I'm all good. We will do Thanks, Brock. <laughs> Oh, I got to get my coffee. 
Oh, yeah, hurry up. Go get your coffee. <laughs> We're going to do some ranking coming up in 15 minutes. Before we do it, though, there's a ton of interesting NFL stories today, and Mora is going to take us around the NFL. Oh, yes. Uh, all right, let me get some music here. Sorry. <laughs> you nominated this segment yesterday. I, I didn't realize I was. Reading. I did. Okay. Yeah. All right. There. Oh, there we go. Alright, first up, we've been mentioning this in Need to Know, but the Ravens use the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson at a price of $32 million. If Lamar accepts an offer from another team, the Ravens have five days to match it. If they don't, the other team gets Lamar, but has to give the Ravens two first-round picks. Uh, Obviously, we've been playing the sound of... uh, the thoughts that there could be some collusion going on here. It is interesting that the Ravens didn't seem too concerned that anyone was going to try to bid on him. Uh, here's Adam Schefter saying that there's not many teams interested. Whereas you might think that there would be a parade of teams lining up, it doesn't seem to be going that way early on. Now, all it takes is one team, and I can't even believe we're talking about this and like this for a player as talented as Lamar Jackson. But it may just be that there's just a handful of teams, not as many as you might think, interested in Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens will have the chance to match any offer sheet. And I think Baltimore ultimately decided today, let the market mediate the disagreement that we have with Lamar Jackson. And let's see what the market determines his value to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on, Adam. You know these teams' cap situations better than anybody else. How many teams have a cap situation where they can put an offer together that Baltimore won't match? Come on, Adam. You know the injury history the last couple years and the durability questions. I mean, you know his style of game is is different, and you've got to build your team around his strengths for a, for a player that has had pretty significant injuries the last couple years. And then you also know, Adam, because you are so linked to so many agents that when you don't have an agent and you act as your own agent, that becomes problematic. There are many pieces to it. None of those bigger yeah. than others, and I would surely not land on just one of them. I don't know that there's just one factor going on here. I do think that the, the fact that this many players are bringing up the C word matters. If this many players are saying, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? That starts to matter because these aren't dumb guys. And then, it's out of the ordinary for teams to publicly say we're out. That's right. It? Like, don't you usually hold your cards kind of close so, to the so, You don't want other teams. So what is it that they are all, you know, and this is why it's hard for me to fully believe the collusion word also, because it makes sense to me that a bunch of teams would individually say, no, we're not going to give you a guaranteed salary. We're not interested in that. There's only been one ever given out in the NFL, and it was a colossal so mistake. So that's their job right now, right? is those owners and organizations to spin it this way. Like They're trying to leverage negotiations and markets, so they're, they're presenting but that right now ends up? to make sure that, that Lamar and his mom know we're not doing that. Where does Lamar go? Does he stay in Baltimore when it's all said and done? Does Atlanta end up dealing for him? Because remember, Atlanta gives up their first this year and the first next year. And do they even, they they do have a first this year and next year. Miami doesn't, New Orleans doesn't matter now. So those teams can't even get in the party because they don't have a first this year and right. a first next year. If for some reason the Seahawks were to do this, I know they're not going to. Did they give up their own first or Denver's first? Uh, I would think it'd be your own, right? I, w- I would think, but... And then you got to put together a King's Ransom, and then Baltimore could just say, okay, fine, we'll match that. Okay, then they do. I mean, you just see why Andrew Brandt said it. Like, man, whoever allowed that franchise tag, that tool, when that negotiation happened, that wasn't around, I don't think, in my, was that around in my era? When did the franchise tag came, come in? Whenever it did. 
in that negotiation, they can look back now and go, that was one of the dumbest things yeah. that we allowed. It also shows you here, though, that Lamar Jackson, while an MVP and incredibly talented and fun to watch and everything else, he's not everybody's cup of tea in the in, in the NFL because you have to kind of build around his strengths. Coaches, Some coaches aren't willing to do that. Tough decisions, so it, too. It, it you is going to kind of limit his, his uh, audience. You also have to build around, you know, what do we see with his running backs? I mean, he runs. Right. That, that is where some of his great strength is that's where his freakish God, abilities fun, are oh so fun when he's healthy and he's on and he's in his prime and he's rolling he is dominant rock according to the internet 1993 93 huh? introduced the franchise tag oh that would have been gene upshaw and that was a bad decision <laughs> by the players association <laughs> to allow that tool to yeah. come in well they make a lot of bad decisions no. they let For- the owners bully them uh, all right, well, we'll move into uh, a quarterback that uh, does not have as much talent as Lamar Jackson, but got a pretty good deal. Daniel Jones gets a four-year, $160 million mm. deal with the Giants, $82 million guaranteed at signing. Ugh. The Giants also Gosh. use a non-exclusive franchise tag on Saquon Barkley, which cost $10 million for 2023. Saquon's like, are you serious? This league is so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> yeah. So dumb. It's ridiculous. I get $10 million and I put my body in harm's way as a running back, and this guy has one good year and gets a four-year and some $80 million guaranteed. Yikes. Uh, yeah, Damian Woody on uh, ESPN was uh, perplexed, to say the least. Really? Daniel Jones is about to get like $40-something million. Yes. That's it, listen. Patrick I know in the meeting. I, 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 listen, I know in the meeting. I, I said it's not about what somebody deserves; it's what somebody's willing to pay you. Yes. Just the you fact that Daniel Jones, after last year when the Giants weren't even willing to exercise the fifth-year option, coming back the next year could possibly be getting forty-something million dollars a year. I'm with him, man. It's just mind-boggling. It's crazy. crazy. It is crazy. And, and I got to say, if you look at these four quarterback situations in the last few days, and I'll even throw Aaron Rodgers in there. Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson. Two guys seem to be getting more than they're worth. Three guys, really. One because has, has the extra leverage and two guys don't. And it does seem to fall on racial lines. And I'm not making that claim. I'm not telling you that's what's happening. But I think when you see some of the reaction in the league, I think that plays a role in it. Don't you? No. You don't think that some of the league reaction has anything to do with that? Oh, the league reaction, absolutely. But I think those owners and those coaches want to win. And Pete Carroll wants to win. So Lamar Jackson gets dinged for running a lot, but that's all Daniel Jones is good at? He gets dinged because of durability issues, because he's been hurt the last two years. Daniel Jones has been outright bad. Touchdowns Daniel to Jones 29 inches. was a god-awful quarterback until the, last year. I would have year. never done the Daniel I know, Jones but somebody deal. did, and that means something And Brian me. Dable and the new GM came in, and they did it, because yeah. they went to the second round of the playoffs, and they won a playoff game with them, and they did that. They yeah, made that well, decision, but no. You can tell me that it doesn't me. play in at all. I think it does. All right. We mentioned this one earlier as well, but members of the Jets organization flew to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers Tuesday with the Packers permission. (laughs) ESPN's Dan Graziano says uh, we could see something done here by the end of the week. That certainly indicates a strong chance that it's heading in the direction of him being traded to the Jets. Now, 
it doesn't mean it's automatic. But let's say he talks to the Jets, doesn't like what he hears, right? Decides to go back to Green Bay, decides to retire, wants to bring other teams into the mix. These are all things that are possible. But I think it's further along than some people realize. And if you just look at the calendar, it was this day last year, the Tuesday before free agency week, that Rodgers announced he was staying with Green Bay. They did that new contract. So this is the time when this stuff happens. It wouldn't surprise me to see a resolution on this at some point this week. So if Aaron does go to New York and follow the Brett Favre storyline, we've seen, you know, his dating life tends to really (laughs) affect his personality, right? The gossip. So if Aaron goes to New York, first of all, he ditches the daughter of the Bucks owner. She's some small town Wisconsin thing. He's out. Not dealing with Midwest. No way. I'm going to New York. Who, who and what kind of person does Aaron Rodgers start dating? And what does it do to his personality? JLo's off the market. All right. Who would be like the perfect New York girl for Rodgers to start dating? That's a really good question. Ooh, I, I, you're the one that keeps track of all this. So. I don't know. I haven't read page six in a little while. I'm going to have to <laughs> think through that. Paris Hilton, is she? She's no, more she's of an LA. Married. She's married. She's married. She's LA. Maybe one of uh, Leo's exes, one of the models probably over there. What about Madonna? I was just going to say Madonna. <laughs> have you uh, <laughs> seen her recently? She uh, uh, Jeter. Uh, she's a different person. He's too yeah. old for different Madonna. Different face completely. He is too old for her. Mm. There's no way she would date someone as old as Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Mm-mm. All right, mm-hmm. if anybody has any thoughts on the it's perfect interesting one. New I feel like York. it has to be someone a little bit hippie-ish. But that's not in New York. Awesome. Like, I yeah. think he goes with like more of like a power couple, hardcore business suit every day, yeah. and all of a sudden he cleans up and turns into like, like CEO, yeah. stockbroker Aaron Rodgers. Wally from Snoqualmie says, one of the divorced real housewives of New York. I don't know Get, any of getting that. Getting some of the drama I there. can't help you with that. You know what, what strikes me? Is some there- like Upper East Side, like... You know, has has like generational wealth, etc. I could see him going in that direction. You mentioned Bethany Franklin, who is the one that uh, I think she owns the is it the Skinny Girl Margarita brand. That sounds right. Mm. Yep. Now you're talking. That sounds about right. <laughs> that guy just needs total control. Yep. What are they going to do with Zach Wilson? Cut him. You're not He'll be out of the league in a year or two, and then give him another shot. Who's better, Zach Wilson or Josh Rosen? <sighs> Trick question. Same person. <laughs> but they're so still, I, they're I, still I, pretending like they like Zach Wilson. Did I tell you what Joel's son said about Zach Wilson the other day? Mm-mm. He was. I was over at Joel's house. My buddy down in uh, Phoenix. His son Jackson is nine. Pretty good little athlete, by the way. And Jackson's watching XFL. He was desperate. He's the one because ratings have declined every week. But Mm -hmm. Jackson was watching the XFL. He comes running over. He's like, Dad, you know what I think? I think Zach Wilson would be better in the XFL. Yeah, he would be. Because he's real bad in the NFL. And he might be. Yeah, seriously, just playing that sound and the different sound of Aaron Rodgers' situation, you look at the lack of control. Lamar has really no control right now. The Ravens do, the market does, and everything else. And here is Aaron at every single step. And that's 18 years. That's multiple MVPs, everything. But he wants to and will not relinquish any control to anyone. And, boy, I would not welcome that into my organization. This is a good call right here. If Ivanka and Jared were to divorce, yep. that would be oh. right up his alley. That's another one, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, I can see out. that. Yeah, I don't know whether I see her going for him. You sneak one more in, Maura, before ranked, or what, what do you think? Sneak one more in? Yeah, well, I have one that kind of uh, coincides with ranked. Okay. Hey. Uh, Pete Carroll had a little fun with uh, Sauce Gardner at the Combine, telling them that his most awkward interview was with Pete. 
because he felt like he got a little too close to him. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Pete ha- has uh, some receipts. He posted some pictures <laughs> of how far apart they were in the room, three different pictures, and he, ta- he said, hey, he tagged next-gen stats. A little help here, trying to get a measurement between me and Sauce Gardner. He tagged Sauce Gardner, too. Pete Carroll with some, some heat. I say you Pete. That's really, really funny. I mean, that Sauce was a year responded after. and gave it a like, oh, I'm sure this was your social media team, and they found the few pictures when we weren't too close. Mm. All right. Then show us, the, show us the other side of it, Sauce. Take your word for it. <laughs> that was just a couple years after Pete took his shirt off with DK Metcalf. I know. Too. Yeah. And yeah. Anthony Richardson apparently is, you know, just had Google a, Gaga. Loved, me loved Pete. It. That was like a whole thing. Yeah. So. All right, there you go. That's uh, where we're at uh, for a quick trip around the NFL and uh, more to come as the legal tampering period starts, what, today? Yep. Is that the dumbest thing, the dumbest name in all of sports? Pretty dumb. The legal tampering period. Yep. This is when it's legal for it to be illegal? Who was who the Seahawks' first call to in this free? Who, who do you? Maybe we'll save that for tomorrow. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of that dig tomorrow. into that. Yeah, yeah, we'll that's a good tomorrow. question. Yeah, we'll I like that. Tomorrow. we got a whole, whole day all to right, discuss we'll that tomorrow. Right yep. now, all we got to do is rank things. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfors House. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. You know, every time I throw to ranks. I have a little pit in my stomach wondering whether or not Maura will actually play the beginning of Ranked. Oh, or she'll like just it. straight up refuse that. I like name. it like that. I got to keep you on your toes. I am you on hanging. my toes. Every time, like, uh, I don't know. I hope this goes okay. <laughs> By the way, public apology. I was mean to Maura yesterday. I I, I said I was sorry in, in private. Yeah. But I should say it publicly as well. Maura, I'm sorry I was name-calling yesterday. That was It went too far. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. We worked it out. We're good. Brock. Very grown up of you. Yeah. Good job. Eh. I'm, yeah, I'm serious. That's yeah, good. Got away Friday. from me a little bit yesterday. Yeah. You know, you're a little hot. A little hot. You, know, not, you don't like being out of the family structure. No, I don't. Nope. I prefer to be here together, yep. Yep. all of us. All right. So uh, with Sauce Gardner talking about Pete being in too close a proximity, today we have close ranked. Now, you might think that this is the same as close sure, ranked, sure but it's it? not. The word is close. No, it's C-L-O-T-H-E-S. That's not close. how we do you this. You can't have close, but it's close, close, C-L-O-S-E, and close, C-L-O-S-E are the same words. No, one is close. One is close. close. They're two different words, and today we're ranking close, like close but no cigar. You came close, close but no cigar. That's uh, the great Thomas Dolby, who also did, she blinded me with science. Science! Thomas Dolby? Yeah. Never would have gotten blinded you with science. I've always thought it was like Oingo Boingo or something. No, it's Thomas Dolby, who I think helped create Dolby Sound. Dolby Sound. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, pretty good. Wow. Uh, close to you. That's a good one. Maxi Priest. You know the song? Oh, I do. This was high school dance. Yeah, it's like it. in the 90s at <laughs> Gallup. So from close to you to, close, you to close to me. Never thought tonight ever be as close to me. That's the cure, of course. You knew that, though. I didn't know this one. I didn't know that was a Sorry. Not a big cure fan. Is that in Adventureland? It might be. There's a bunch of cure songs in that movie, which I just love. Uh, let's see. How about this one, Brock? Don't push us because we're close to the edge. We're trying 
Now that's the Puff and Mace version. Ah. Not the Grandmaster. Not the Grandmaster Flash version, but both of them probably could have been on there. Could be. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of movements we have. <laughs> this is too close by yeah, next. Can't play much more of that now one. Now we're just going to leave mm. that out. Mm. And then this one brings up some unfortunate uh, problems in my own life right now. Girls. This is the Indigo Girls? Yeah, and I screwed something up, and I'm really upset about it. They are coming to Zootoons. Indigo and, Girls is Zootoons. Yeah, so Heather sent me the Zootoons list this year. It's like, hey, what do you want to go to? And I was like, oh, I love Natalie Merchant. Is she going to be with Indigo Girls? If so, I'll go. And she was like, I don't know. So she bought the tickets. And then yesterday, <laughs> it dawned on me that Natalie Merchant isn't in Indigo Girls. She's in 10,000 Maniacs, which is basically the same thing. Of course. Brock could have told you. Right. Jeez. But I was excited to hear Carnival and some Natalie Merchant <laughs> tunes. It turns out she's not even in the stupid band. You pulled a Larry Salt. I know. It killed me. Neo. It's closer. We got yeah. the Chainsmokers closer. Very similar beats to many of these closer songs. Yeah, that's probably true. Any of them getting your water moving. This one, this one might. The Ramones. No? All right. This one's definitely not going to get your water moving at all. Just like me, no. I've decided that Robbie Ray's middle name should be Ramon, by the way. Robbie Ray. And Ramon I don't know if Ray? it's because he looks like a, the W. What was it, Ramon? Razor Ramon? Yeah. Razor Ramon. But not like the Ramones. Not like the Ramones. Not like Joey Ramon. Like Razor Ramon. Got it. He looks like Razor Ramon. He I think I'm going to call him Robbie Ramon Ray. I would probably go with the Razor part of it more than okay, the Razor Ramon. Okay, Razor Ramon Ray. Robbie the sense. Razor Ramon Ray. We'll R- kind of like that. Yeah, Robbie Razor Ramon Ray. KG Elephant. Yep, KG Elephant. And don't worry more. This isn't just music. We've got things like the close talker on Seinfeld. He's nice. Bit of a close talker. Yeah, bit of a close You'll see. Tim Brandon. <laughs> oh, he is? Basically in your mouth. I didn't know that. He's big, in your big, mouth. His, his head is basically in your mouth when yeah. you're trying to talk to him. Gross. Yeah. It's, it's too much. Unbelievable. Of course, you got Close Encounters of the Third Kind. At Close Range with Sean Penn. You see his tonsils when he talks to you. <laughs> Extremely it's loud amazing. and incredibly close. That sounds like Tim Brando. Extremely loud and incredibly close. That's a good movie. I've never seen it. Tom Hanks? Of course he had. Tom Hanks. Uh, up Close and Personal, old Robert Redford movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. Look and of course, the, the great actress, Brock. I'm sure you got this one right Glenn away. Close. Tremendous. Glenn Close. Way to go. That's right. So I those. Like to see that I helped. Thank I you for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice job. More you were really do you have my, today. Do you have my song? That's how much I appreciate Your song doesn't have close in it. We're good. I helped with Rain. Justin, did you play my song? Are you talking? Close your eyes. <laughs> That's not close. Come on, get to it. Get to the close. Here we go. Is it closed? <laughs> now and then I get a little bit. The best of all the years have gone by. I thought I was going to say close. I thought there was a close. Close. Wow, this is great. Come on. Come on, get to do ranked every day. Come on, get to it. <laughs> it literally never says close. It never says close. It never says not a single time oh, in this song. Uh. What did you say at the beginning instead of turn around? Close, close your, your eyes. eyes. Every it really doesn't. Really no. terrible, Brock. Number five. <laughs>
Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> you were sitting on that, Justin. You knew that. Sorry. Yeah, you were sitting on that. You clenched. I did, as he should. Didn't let that one out. Sheesh. That's number five. Sorry, what was Nine that Nine Inch Nails, Closer. Okay. That's your kind of song. Get me closer to God. Okay. Right? Isn't that Brock's kind of song? Yeah. It is not your yeah, kind of it's song. It's Brock's Nine Inch Nails? That and Animal, I think, are both right up Brock's alley. Yes. Animal especially. Of course. Number four. There's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Yeah, this is a big pump-up song. Everybody likes this song. Yeah. Calvin you Harris can't not like that there song. There it goes. Right? It starts to get going there. Yeah. Yeah. It's Everybody cool. likes that song. Water's moving. I feel so close to you. Who is right that? Now. Calvin Harris. It's like a force field. I'm sorry. Who is that? Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. Thank yes. you. Was he at the MGM for like a long he time? Was. He had a residency That's there. That's what I thought. Yeah, time. I used to see his name when you'd be out at the pool. Him and like Hakasan. Mm. Tiesto, probably. Tiesto, yeah. The three of them. All kind of connected there. So that's uh, number four on our list of close ranked. Right after <laughs> Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> close your eyes every now and then. I get a little bit tired. Right. Of not the word and not the lyric, Shoot. but you're really close. I had like that Mr. One. Sandman, sing me a song. <laughs> yeah. I the boys are back again. Number three. This actually was the song that Sauce was singing to Pete. Cars? Police. Police. Good one. That's Sting. Had to be here. Sting. Sting. Stuart Copeland. Gotcha. Number three. That's number three on our list. Wow. (laughs) Who's better, me with musician names or you with college football players? Me with college football players. Uh, And by a lot, uh, actually. I think I would say. uh, I think I'd say me by a lot. I don't know. I think it might be me by a lot. Maybe they're both equally bad. Number two. Nice. Nice. Elton John does make some of the best road trip music of all time. He does. He and Tom Petty. And as good as that song is, I mean, when you see it in Almost Famous, it's just perfect. Yeah. When they're all on the bus, they're all in a bad mood, they all start singing it together. It doesn't get any better. All right, got to draw to a close here. Sorry, here number go. one on my list. This was obvious the moment we were doing close. A little rush. Close it to the heart. Close it to the heart. Getty hitting the high notes. Getty. That's Getty from Russia. Getty Lee. <laughs> Neil Peart and Alex Lifeson. But you know Alex that, Brock. Lifeson. All three of them played yep. together in a 3 4 defense for sure Georgia, did. I think, a few years uh-huh. ago. Big day. Wow. Coming that to a close. Something else. Stick around for Bub and Stacy. They're next. Jerry DePoto going to join us tomorrow morning at 830. We'll catch you guys at 6 a.m. Until then, the hey. Here's in the barn barn. See everybody.